Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello and welcome back to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines at VoxDFS.com. I am your host, Justin Skullrude. Join with me, as always, your founder and co-host of Skull King Fantasy Football, my name is Ryan Skullridge. It's nice to talk to you guys because this is about the highlight of my week when it comes to fantasy football this week. Due to the massive amount of injuries that we will be going over and just absolutely horrible luck when it came to uh, certain players. So, yeah, hope you guys had a better week than I did. Welcome to Medic Ward 2.0. Uh, a lot like early weeks in the season where there was just in an, an incalculable amount of injuries. We're going to cover a lot of those. Uh, there's a bunch of injuries on defense. Some will touch, some we won't. Um, but we'll get right into it on the news and notes. Starting off uh, with the fact that Josh McCown has been named so far as the, the starter for Sunday's game against the Giants. I know we'll talk a little bit about this. I know, Ryan, that you like the Giants because it's Cleveland uh, on a defensive scale. But do you see this as being a bump uh, for anyone on the Cleveland roster, especially Terrell Pryor being that number one receiver? Josh McCown for Cleveland is always a bump in the offense <laughs> over Cody Kessler. Um, Really, I think the main reason they've been going with Kessler is just to see if he is um, an NFL-caliber quarterback, if he's someone that they can build on and build around. I think they're learning that he isn't, and I could see them drafting another quarterback um, if, if one presents itself in the draft. So, uh, yes, Josh McCown is a major bump and will help out Terrell Pryor immensely uh, and quite possibly could also be good for um, Isaiah Crowell. Also, the Jets have named Ryan Fitzpatrick as their starter next week against the Patriots. He is, quote, their best quarterback. Hashtag, that's not saying much, uh, considering the situation that's going on throughout there. Uh, Gus Bradley uh, expects Brake Bortles to be fine for week 12. There was a little bit of a scare with his shoulder injury uh, in that game. Uh, this uh, I, I do want to take a, a, a note here. Uh, the Panthers uh, don't have any timetable for Luke Keekley. He had uh, a very, very unfortunate uh, turn of events when it came to the hit he took. Uh, watching it live, he took a helmet to the chest as well as then a helmet to the back of the head from one of his own teammates. Uh, it was disheartening to see the reaction. Um, your heart went out to Luke Keekley, 
with him uh, breaking down due to his concussion history. Um, it's one of those things that you never want to see concussions do that to any man. And so our, our thoughts and prayers are with him during his recovery. Does this, from a fantasy football perspective, I know that Carolina has struggled this season on defense and giving up tons of points, but does this make it even worse with them having an outside shot of still making the playoffs? This does make it worse because this is going to make it easier for teams to be able to run on them. Luke Keekley is a monster of a, of a, of a run stopper. He's not the only guy. Um, they have a, a very talented linebacker core, but he is by far the leader on that defense. And so, yes, this will affect them. Um, you know, I had, I had uh, Keekley last year in an IDP league. And it was, I got to be honest, it was rough, you know, deciding whether or not to hold on to him for, you know, like five or six weeks when he was injured. So who knows how long this concussion could hold him out. So, uh, yeah, I think this definitely makes it difficult on the run game. They've, I mean, everyone's been able to pass on Carolina this year. Now it's just a matter of will, will some teams be able to run on them. So, And Carolina has it a little tough this next couple of weeks with, uh, with going to Oakland and then to Seattle. Um, Oakland, who, you know, they'll line up seven offensive linemen for, you know, say screwed the tight ends and line up, you know, two extra tackles on the outsides and then just run it right at you. Or they'll pass the ball all over the place. Then you've got Seattle, who's getting better at running the ball. Their offensive line obviously is gelling. Um, not only able to protect Russell Wilson, but also the some of the running lanes that they were able to open up for C.J. Procise and Thomas Rawls over this last weekend um, is very, very promising as well. So, uh, Moving on to the Bengals, uh, I know this is – Ouch. news for tons of fantasy football owners, but it's not as bad as it could have been. The Bengals got good news on wide receiver A.J. Green. Sources say that he's probably out for a few weeks as opposed to being out for the season. There is no surgery, uh, and they're calling it a strain and a small tear. The timetable is just a few weeks. They are going to need to be as careful as possible with that. This is – is, is really devastating for those of you who needed A.J. Green to get you to the playoffs. For those of you who are in the playoffs, it doesn't hurt as much, obviously, because you have the playoffs locked up. Uh, but will he be back for the playoffs to make that run, do you feel? Or is this something that could be a lot harder to swallow? I know you had him. Uh, and it was a whole lot harder for you to swallow this week, considering that it kind of bumped you out of the playoffs. Well, in the in the one I actually I actually only have him in one league, and luckily I'm I'm not out of the playoffs yet in that league. I've you know with a couple more weeks, um, I have a couple of matchups that should be okay. But yeah, w with him going out with not having any <laughs> any catches on one target and losing by four points in a PPR league, um, you know that's brutal. Uh, I don't see him coming back for the regular season in fantasy. Um, looking at his schedule, I want to say they were hoping he'll be back for week 14, which for a lot of teams, you know, if you have a three-week playoff, um, you know, he, that's against Cleveland. He'll have Cleveland and Pittsburgh those first two weeks of the playoffs. 
if he comes back then. I'm honestly not counting on him coming back week 14. I'm hoping he'll be back week 15. Unfortunately, with how bad the Bengals have been, they may shut him down if they if they lose a couple more games and he's not back yet. They may just shut him down completely. Yeah, because it's not worth it on a season that you're not going to get to the playoffs. Correct. Um, moving on, the Packers coach Mike McCarthy said that uh, today that he intends to quote unquote get Kristen Michael ready for the Philly game. Does this mean anything, or is Kristen Michael still the Nile Davis 2.0? Still Nile Davis 2.0. So he, even Niall Davis would got it, you know, would get a couple of carries here and there. I don't see Kristen Michael, you know, doing much. That okay, but with Niall Davis, I think it's worse because Niall Davis at least got carries. I don't think Kristen Michael's going to touch the ball this next week because Ty Montgomery and Starks are doing solid work. Yeah, and well, and not need to rush uh, Kristen Michael when he still doesn't really know the offense. And Niall Davis also returned kicks. So I mean, if you had return yeah, and, yard, if you had return yard uh, leagues, that would still at least help a little bit. So you know, it's yeah, this is this is nothing. Yeah, um, Vikings running back Adrian Peterson is quote unquote closer to return from knee injury. Could be back next month. They did release Ronnie Hillman and waived him. Uh, does that tell you more about Ronnie Hillman or about Adrian Peterson? Ronnie Hillman is trash. <laughs> so, so you don't expect him to be uh, getting a workout with Seattle with their injuries, which we'll cover in just a second. <sighs> I hope not as a Seattle oh, fan. but <laughs> I hope not. Um, but, you know, he may, you know, he may be serviceable for like a one- or two-week thing. He's not – I don't see him as an every down or, or as a as a regular you know guy to get more yards than you know or to get more work than you would expect. Um, I don't like Ronnie Hillman. If he comes to Seattle, okay. Um, I again, this is more about AP. I'm not picking up AP. I mean, even in the leagues that I am desperate for. He's not going – I need someone that's going to be usable getting me to the playoffs. And I don't think AP will be ready until the playoffs, which you're looking at week 14, 15. So you're looking at, you know, first, second week of the playoffs, and you need to have a team to get you there first before you can use up a roster spot. Now, if you're already in the playoffs, your roster is set, sure, go ahead and pick him up. But just Especially remember, if you have a Marvin Jones, who's been a waste of space on your roster since week three. <laughs> I, I'm not better at all. I'm not better at all. So here's here's the deal. <laughs> if you have the space, pick up AP. Go ahead. Take the chance. If you know, you can always drop him if an injury happens and you need to use someone else. But let's also remember that Minnesota has had a lot of inter- uh, injuries on their offensive line and has not and they have not been able to block for anyone. So um, I, the other point I want to make out before you wrap up is Adrian Peterson couldn't run the ball when he had a fully healthy offensive line at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So does that give you – I mean, to me, that's just red flags, red flags, red flags, when now they're having struggles within the offensive line, and Adrian Peterson is getting rushed back from an injury. Yeah, I wouldn't even bother. To me, 
the reward, as much as a big splash reward that would be, the risk is still entirely way too high. Uh, And so moving on, uh, Jay Cutler, uh, indications are he will, they're exploring, quote unquote, according to the Chicago Tribune reports that uh, Cutler suffered a shoulder injury in Sunday's loss against the Giants, and the Bears are exploring whether it will end Cutler's season. Let's just talk this next week. He's probably out. Correct. Does this give you a bump on the Giants' defense to start them this week? Absolutely. Because not only will Jay Cutler probably be out this week, you have Alshon Jeffrey, who has been, um, who has been suspended for PEDs that didn't work. You have um, your starting your your top three wide receivers now are Eddie Royal, Cameron Meredith, and Marquise Wilson. At the beginning of the season, you said who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, they also the 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 Bears also lost Zach Miller for the rest of the season with a broken foot, so they really have no tight end either. So, yeah, I'm all over the New York Giants defense to stream for this week against the against the Bears. So, uh, moving on to Lashawn. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. The Giants were this actually this past week. That's who they just played. That's who they I just meant, played. I meant Tennessee. I'm all over yes. Tennessee for next week. So they play Tennessee. Um, and so once again, uh, talking about LaShawn McCoy, dislocated his thumb. Expectations are he will have surgery this week. He did, he had it actually this morning. Okay, so he had surgery. Um, what I had heard yesterday was that he was pulled from the game because his thumb wouldn't go back in after it was dislocated. I'm not a doctor, but after reading, that's a better sign than if it's just loosey-goosey and they're able to pop right back in. Because if it's loose, it's going to take a while for everything around to heal back up and tighten up in order to keep that thumb in its place. But considering it wouldn't do that, it's either nasty and horrible or – it is easily, I don't want to say easily, it is playable for the next week. But do you like McCoy to start or Gillisley this next week? Uh, from what I've been reading on this, I, um, I'm kind of up in the air. I think it will probably, it very well could be McCoy, simply considering the fact that, what are they there? They're what five and four? Sorry, five and five. I mean, they still have a shot um, to sneak into the playoffs. They've got a pretty easy schedule coming up with Jacksonville, Oakland. Well, Oakland's not easy, um, but you know they've got some sub five hundred teams. Um, it all de- it all depends. It it's something to monitor. Um, yes. if, if you have the room and can get Mike Gillisley, I would probably do that. So, Okay, keeping with the Bills, uh, Robert Woods is most likely out for Week 12 as doubtful. Uh, he has been a, a real big saving grace in the absence of Sammy Watkins. But with now Robert Woods likely out, Sammy Watkins, according to Rex Ryan, they're hopeful – 
Sammy Watkins will be able to play some in Week 12 versus Jacksonville. Is this still a wait and watch, or is this something where you're considering playing Sammy Watkins this week? I would not play Sammy Watkins this week. And I did this. We did, we've already run through this once earlier in the season. Do not play Sammy Watkins until you know for sure he is fully healthy. Because we went through this earlier in the season, and what do you know? He re-aggravated his foot that he wasn't completely healthy yet and then ended up going on IR for eight weeks. So for right now, you wait. if you can pick him up, awesome. You, you can stash him, great. If you're desperate enough that you're willing to go to um, to Sammy Watkins right now and start him this next week, you're not making the playoffs, period. Question. Answer. Uh, I prefaced this question a little bit earlier, but considering we've already talked about the other player that was involved in this discussion, who scores more points this next week? Sammy Watkins or Marvin Jones Jr.? Ugh. Marvin Jones, still. Even with the fact that he has three catches in the last three weeks. Yes. And here, let me pull up let me pull up Marvin Jones here. Actually, I believe he may have more than that. I just know he's gone one catch for five yards and one catch for fifteen. Okay, so Marvin Jones, let's look at his let's look at his targets. Oh gosh. Slow computers, slow internet access. Here we so, go. So okay, over the okay, last three weeks, seven targets, three catches, thirty-three yards, five targets, one catch, five yards, two targets, one catch, fifteen yards. None of those are good numbers, and no. it's not getting better. What was encouraging, though, was the targets. And, and what's discouraging this past week was that he only had two. Um, I'm looking at... I don't like it this week in Thanksgiving against Minnesota, who looks like a revived defense. They do, but let's also remember that the Arizona offense is do is is David Johnson and no one else. No one's going to pass on Minnesota. Yeah, especially an aging Carson Palmer, whose wide receivers haven't been able to hold on to the ball unless their name is Larry Fitzgerald. So, um, I still think that Marvin. While Marvin, jo- I wouldn't start either one of them, but Marvin Jones, I still think is going to score more points than Sammy Watkins. Okay. I just want to make sure that that was still just tangent. We'll move back. Uh, last bit of news that we want to cover. Uh, Andrew Luck is in the concussion protocol this week, which is not a good sign considering it's Monday. Most players who are in the concussion protocol do not play the following game, and this is a four-day turnaround. The Colts play on Thursday on Thanksgiving. It's not looking good. So I believe uh, I believe they play Pittsburgh this week. We'll talk about defenses towards the end of the show, um, but this is a huge hit. Is this something to where you if 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 Andrew Luck can't go, do you consider sitting wide receivers like T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief? Who's their backup quarterback right now? Let me double check that. We should have already known this one, but yeah, I should have double checked that. Uh, I I read it a little bit earlier this week. Um, they're playing Pittsburgh, so they're going to be going up against uh, a better defense. 
really oh, quickly. Gosh, it's Scott Tolzien. No one knows. Scott Tolzien, who used to be the uh, the backup for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Hasn't thrown a meaningful pass since starting a pair of games for the Packers in 2013. Um, I'd be more like it. See, this would this would be the only thing that would make me um, want to consider either one of the tight ends. Because <laughs> backup tight ends are t- tend to dump off to the or backup quarterbacks tend to dump off to the tight ends a lot more. And this is about the only thing that would make me consider either Jack Doyle or Dwayne Allen for this next week. It's great news for Frank Gore, who's going to get a lot of running yards. They'll run that 35-year-old into the ground. But that's what he does. He gets 1,000 yards. It's what he does. Yeah, so. Um, so yeah. That, uh, that wraps up our news and notes, unless Wait. you had something more to add there, Ryan. Um, also, the fact that Giovanni Bernard is now out for the season. He is, oh, I can't believe I forgot that. He has torn his ACL. He is done. So if you think about it, saw an interesting, saw an interesting stat. I horrible, can't. horrible news for the state of Ohio. <laughs> Cleveland and Cincinnati are, um, are horrible hospital situations. Yeah. Well, and then you had the Indians who lost the World Series after being up. That's salt. That is salt right there. <laughs> um, so here's here's the deal. I saw an interesting thing. If you have Jeremy Hill, you're in really good shape right now. I don't know about that. No, here's, I'll let you, I'll here's, let you finish your why. comment. Because the last time that Cincinnati was out was without both Giovanni Bernard and AJ Green, there was no one else to throw the ball to except for Tyler Eifert. Jeremy Hill, they had no other choice but to just keep feeding the ball to Jeremy Hill, who ended up being a top five running back over the second half of the season. So at this point, it's not, again, this isn't because I totally believe in Jeremy Hill. It's the opportunity is presenting itself for him to have a good rest of the season. So that's, that's where I was going with that one. Okay, uh, so we'll get into our waiver wire picks of the week. Uh, we will start with the running back situation because I feel that this is probably the best-looking scenario of the, uh, the possible options. No, they're all horrible. <laughs> they're all horrible, but there's, there's more choices in the running back situation. Uh, um, well. We'll see about that. I've, I've, I think I found some, some deep dive wide receivers that we could do. Oh, yeah, so. another, I can't believe this is another one that I forgot. I can't believe I forgot to write this one down. CJ Procise uh, has this, had the same injury that Dante Moncrief had earlier in the season. So look for CJ Procise to be out probably for the next six weeks. But Yeah, they're saying four to six. And then uh, Troy Main Pope was injured, and he was the likely backup. But with them still having Alex Collins on the roster, once again, uh, Thomas Rawls will be the priority back. So if you were able to pick him up or you you stashed him for the long haul, good for you. Uh, But he's going to be the workhorse uh, at least for the next two to three weeks. Yeah. Um, It says that Rawls got a little bit banged up, but, you know, Tremaine Pope had a sprained ankle. I mean, he didn't get banged up in that Eagles. 
Yeah. Well, okay. What running? Yeah. What running back didn't get banged up? So you had Procise go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barner and Smallwood were the only guys that didn't get ill, and Alex Collins because he only had one carry in which he fumbled. Um, yeah. But Tremaine Pope goes out with a sprained ankle. Rawls got beat up. They actually wanted to hold him out the entire fourth quarter, but when Pope sprained his ankle, they had no choice but to keep playing Rawls. Yeah, Procise. it's never a good sign when a. Uh, and this is once again horrible tangent, and we're, we apologize, but this is kind of funny. It's never a good sign when your backup quarterback lines up in the running back position on yeah. purpose, <laughs> and it's not a trick play. Yeah. That is not good. But yeah. Seattle still won the game. Yeah. So, all right, back to the waivers. Uh, and so, running backs. Running backs. I've got three that are worth taking a look at. Same um, here. We may even have the same three. The first one I want to talk about is a, is a player that I've picked up on one of my teams, and that's Tim Hightower. Uh, he's still the catching back. He seems to still be getting more work. I watched the, uh, the, the Saints-Carolina game, and it seemed like Hightower was getting just more volume. Um, it just appears like they're going to be using Hightower more in the passing game. He's still going to get to run. I know that Ingram was out for a little bit of the game. And that's where Hightower got a little bit more later in the game, especially uh, when Luke Keekly went out. They, they did continue to kind of run up the middle towards the third and fourth quarter. Um, but he has been proven as a point producer the last four weeks. Uh, the only week, last week he had like 9.75 points in PPR. But other than that, he's scoring 12 or more points with a 17 and a 20-point game this last week. He is scoring points. He's worth the look, and he's only owned in 51% of the leagues, so he's only slightly over. And so, Ryan, I'll let you go with your next one, unless you want to talk a little bit more about Hightower. No, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had so many injury issues with, with running backs. I've actually been starting Hightower in one league for two weeks now. Um, Me too. Or- Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is also in the league's concussion protocol as of right now. So, you know that you know if Ingram can't get out of that, though, that just puts that much more on top of um, on top of Hightower to uh, in terms of volume. So, uh, the next guy that I wanted to talk about, um, Mike Gillisley. I already, you know we already mentioned the the Lashawn McCoy thing. If if uh, McCoy can't go. Gillisley will be uh, in line for uh, a lot of work um, I, because, let's be honest, they are a run-first offense. Robert Woods is out. We don't know how health – we're pretty sure that um, – that, uh, oh, what's his name? Sammy Watkins isn't going to be really healthy. And they're going to be going up against Jacksonville. Um, shoot. Again, you know, us being all – yeah, there we go. Yes. NFL statistics. There we go. Um, and so against the run, Jacksonville is in the bottom in the bottom third, giving up 113 yards a game. So um, that could be really big for for Mike Gillisley if uh, if um, McCoy can't go. So. Uh, the, the one thing I want to say about Gillisley that I like is to me right now for the next few weeks, he's the number one handcuff um, because McCoy is banged up. I have him as the number one handcuff to own because 
Derrick Henry, who I consider to be the number two, is not really getting touches at all. Uh, he's put up two zeros, and you just can't rely on him to score anything unless DeMarco Murray goes down. And with their bye in week 13, it's too late to try and stash a guy who's going to be on a bye, and he's owning 48% of the leagues. So he's less likely to be owned. So Gillisley's scoring points. And so when he's in there, he's getting 65 yards, touchdown. He's getting the, the points. And so the only other person that really is mentionable, we, we feel this week, when it comes to running backs, would be Smallwood because of the injury issues for the Eagles this week. And then playing the Packers, who just gave up tons. They were a sieve this week to Robert Kelly. Um, who we had mentioned at the beginning of the season, but I didn't think that Robert Kelly was going to be this much of a beast. I think that's more to do with the Packers' defense and their inability to stop anything um, more than necessarily Robert Kelly moving forward. But with Sproles potentially also being out, Smallwood will be the guy – uh, unless something comes back that's a little surprising about the Sproles thing with his with his uh, rib, injury. rib injury. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Smallwood, I think, is he'll be the one to get most of the work um, against Green Bay. It is a home game, um, and so the the Philadelphia defense has played pretty well at home. Um, you know, they were able to really shut down the Atlanta offense. In Philadelphia, so with with how much Green Bay has been struggling, you know them traveling to Philadelphia, I think that it could become more of a ball control type of game, which could present more opportunity for Wendell Smallwood to uh, to run the ball. So, okay, so moving on to wide receivers, uh, I really only have two. Uh, I want to talk about the first one in Tyler Boyd. This is more because AJ Green is out. Um, once A.J. Green went out, Tyler Boyd had his best game of the year, uh, six catches on eight targets for 54 yards and a touchdown. In a standard PPR, they get you 17.4 points. That is a very good week, um, was benefited by the touchdown. But with A.J. Green out, I really don't see a lot of other options outside of Jeremy Hill in the running game. Baltimore is a very, very, very good, solid defense, especially against the run. So I think Tyler Boyd has a little bit better option um, when it comes to the Cincinnati offense. Once again, he is no Jeremy Hill, so Jeremy Hill would be the guy to own. But of the receivers, he's really the only receiver that I would consider playing this week against a very tough Baltimore defense. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, one of the one of the things I read is that Tyler Boyd Tyler Boyd's not a burner. He is not. Uh, he is not going to. Um, he doesn't have the the big play ability. What are the one of the one of the things I saw? It's it's actually here on Yahoo in the description of what happened. Um, they they consider him a, a sort of like a, a poor man's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen doesn't have the big play ability. He runs a lot of those short intermediate routes. Sure hands catches the ball. Um, you know runs very good routes, but isn't going to run past anyone. That's kind of what we're looking at in Tyler Boyd. So he's more of a possession receiver out of the slot. Um, and so if he can, you know, if he can get volume, you know, eight targets or so, um, you know, five or six catches, 50 yards, 
Um, that's you know it's not going to kill you. That's you know wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex position in a uh, in a PPR. So if you can if you can get that with some touchdown upside, um, I I really think I mean Tyler Eifert's already owned as a tight end, and I don't ever trust Brandon LaFell to be able to hold on to the ball. So uh, Tyler Boyd, I think is, is your best option at wide receiver from Cincinnati. Uh, once again, Tyler Boyd is only owning seven percent of leagues. He is widely available but he is going to be grabbed by all of those A.J. Green owners who are desperate to try and find the same production, not the same production, but at least that hole from the same team with a very good quarterback uh, there. And so uh, the other wide receiver that I have would be Sammy Watkins. I know we talked about him a little bit earlier, so I'm going to keep it brief. Uh, Once again, this is for – He's not going to play this next week. He, if he does, he's not going to give you enough production. This is more of a play for those who are still in playoff contention who need a solid uh, player who are gearing towards the playoffs. Um, he's been out for nine weeks, and so he's, he's, he's fulfilled the IR requirements in sitting out. Um, and so he's a tremendous talent on a Bills team that needs him especially with Robert Wood's injury. He's, a, he's the best talent on the waiver wire right now, in my opinion. Um, he's just not going to get the production this week. So if you are in a position where you can sustain one week and don't need him, um, he's also on the IR, so he's not on a lot of people's radar currently uh, on Yahoo. And so you might be able to stash him as well. If you've got an IR spot, grab him and stash him. Yeah, um, we've heard my rant on him already, so I don't think anyone else wants to hear that. So, Do um, you have another wide receiver that you want to talk about, Ryan? I've actually got a couple. Um, okay. So here's, here's the deal. Uh, I was adding up some stats just to, just to confirm. One of the guys I really like this week is we, we saw in the Buffalo-Seattle game how bad Buffalo's defensive backfield is against wide receivers. And this next week, they're going up against um, Jacksonville. Now, we always say you stream against which two teams? You stream against Cleveland, and you stream against Blake Bortles. Yes. And we even said last week, you know, Detroit would be a decent team to to stream defensive-wise against Blake Bortles just because, you know, Blake Bortles is known to throw it. Well, what do you know? Detroit gets... Two interceptions, a fumble, and returns one of those interceptions for TD. Gets 19 points in standard. So this week, even even with going with Buffalo's defense, I really like Marquise Lee as a deep wide receiver to pick up because here's what he has done over the last six weeks since their bye. He has only had one week of less than six targets in which he had three. Over that six weeks six week period. Uh, he's finished with, oh shoot, I forgot to actually write it down. Uh, 12, six, 26 catches for 372 yards in a TD. He's had in full point PPR, uh, plus I think he's actually a punt returner as well. Let me see. Yep. Um, so he's had 13, 13 points, 21 points. The one week where he had only three, three uh, targets. 2.9 points, then 17, 10, and 17. He has been the most productive wide receiver more than Alan Hearns, who keeps getting injured and having concussion issues and leg issues, 
and Allen Robinson, who has you know finally had a couple of good games the last couple of weeks, and even this last week wasn't all that great. He just had a touchdown. So um, I think Marquise Lee has become kind of the go-to wide receiver for Blake Bortles, uh, especially coming out of the slot. So I think if you can get Marquise Lee, um, pick him up. I would almost pick him up and drop Marvin Jones for him. It's that bad with Marvin Jones. Um, and because, you know, Jacksonville is so horrible, they're always going to be behind and always trying to, you know, throw the ball around in order to, to get back in the game. So, um, so I like Marquise Lee. And then the other one I was looking at, and Marquise Lee is only owning 6% of the league. So I, I told you, we're deep diving for wide receivers here. The other one I like this week, um, who he's had a couple of interesting weeks. I've used him a couple times for um, for Lions and DFS. Is Adam Thielen of um, Minnesota. Minnesota? He has he's playing in Detroit this week. Uh, the last take the last three weeks, uh, four catches on six targets for sixty eight yards. Three out of four targets for twenty one yards in a TD. Five of five for sixty five yards in a TD. Now he's again he's not going to light the world on fire. But he is obviously their 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 most sure-handed guy beyond Stefan Diggs. Um, he was out-targeted, you know, five five targets to eight targets by Cordero Patterson. But Cordero Patterson can't catch the ball. Now Patterson did run. Now, like we said, he had, Patterson has the big playability. He ran back the touchdown to start off the second half. But like I said, that's about all he's good for is the return yards and the possibility of him running back for a TD. So. I like Adam Thielen to be more of the possession guy. Again, he's going to be in that wide receiver four flex role. Um, so if you need if you need someone because you guys you have guys that are not performing or you have injuries, you know maybe you had you know a, you have Marvin Jones who's not performing and you have AJ Green who is who's injured and you don't have any other options. Um, you know that's Adam Thielen could be a way to go. Um, and then just a guy to throw up there was Tyreek Hill. Um, he's he's forty percent owned. Grow up. Well, and and here's here's the thing about Tyreek Hill, he's he's had shown some big playability. Um, unfortunately, he has Denver this week, um, but he's had six targets, five targets, thirteen targets, and five targets. So it's kind of gone back and forth. Um, of course, in all the leagues that I play in, there's only one league that he's actually available in, and it's the eight-man league that no one pays attention in. So, but he's 40% owned. Yeah, I've, I've learned any league that I play in, if there's anyone more than 35% owned, I can't get him. So, um, but he's, you know, he, he's one to watch, especially if it, if the, if it shows that Jeremy Macklin can't play. Um, and then, you know, again, if you want, if you're absolutely desperate, Eddie Royal, just because there's no one else to throw to there. So, and that's about it. That's all I got for the wide receivers. Uh, one thing to touch on with Thielen again is they are visibly trying to get him the ball more. Uh, reports were before Sunday's game that they're going to try and get him the ball more, and he seems to be a visible target uh, for Bradford in the passing offense. Obviously, Diggs is still the number one, and Cordell Patterson 
uh, seems to be getting open because of his speed. But I truly believe that Thielen is, without a doubt, the number three receiver, obviously behind Rudolph and Diggs. But uh, for down the field, it's going to be Thielen, not Rudolph. Well, and, and Rudolph has, has been inconsistent the last few weeks since they fired North Turner. Yeah. So, so you know, that's, that's something to watch also. Uh, mentioning Kyle Rudolph, well, now let's move into the tight ends. No, he is not pick-upable because he's owned in too many leagues. Yeah, he's owned 76%. So. Yeah, he's owned 76% of leagues. Uh, but I, I want to have you start because I'm going to rant about the guy that I'm picking. And this, let's, let, should I, I'll give a semi-spoiler. This is someone that we've been ranting about a lot lately. Do we have the same guy? No. Okay. No. No, just the guy that you've been talking about is one we've been ranting about a lot lately. You ranted about him last week. I'm going to rant this time with stats. <laughs> All right. So this week, uh, I like I like Will Ty if you're going, you know, deep digging for tight ends. Um, uh, in this last game, he went two for five against Chicago for 12 yards and a TD. Um Man, uh, Eli Manning has said that he's a he is a strong weapon for the offense. That they're wanting to get him uh, the ball more. Larry Donnell is obviously you know not usable. Um, you know they're they're just not even trying to get him the ball. Uh, Ty has had twenty targets over the last three weeks, and is ob- he's obviously the clear number one. Um, so especially in PPR, uh, he's he's a guy to look at. Um, you know, because you're looking at, you know, trying to get 50 yards and hopefully get a touchdown into your tight end. I think that he could be a solid pickup for this next week going up against Cleveland, which again, we stream against Cleveland folks. Yes. We stream against Cleveland. So yeah, I think Will Ty could be a, a possible tight end one streamer this week. So that's time for time for time for another rant. And we've got stats to really blow your minds again this week. Okay. I do have to admit, I gave stats on this a couple weeks ago. But even if we update them, it makes the argument even worse. Uh, Yeah. Well, there's a little bit more to this one. Uh, For those of you who hopped on the Jack Doyle train uh, and are still on that, shame on you. Uh, For those of you who hopped on and then jumped off, good for you. Uh, Dwayne Allen, not playable, especially with uh, quarterback issues there for this week on Thanksgiving with Andrew Luck in concussion protocol. Uh, Gary Barnage, eh, probably not. But Zach Miller, who was a huge, huge tight end this year for Chicago, is now out. Uh, for those of you who have uh, Rob Gronkowski and his lung thing and are looking for somebody, C.J. Fedorowicz, for the love, is only owned in 22% of leagues. And for those of you who like DeAndre Hopkins, and think of him still as the receiver he was last year. I'm gonna, we're going to go through the stats here really fast. For week four, what were Hopkins' stats, Ryan? Uh, just Oh, sorry. Let me, let me pull him back up again. I'll go with Fedorowicz. Fedorowicz targeted five times, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. In week five, targeted eight okay. times. Here we go. Four receptions, 61. I'll finish through mine. 61 yards. Uh, in week six, he had 85 yards on six catches and a touchdown. Week seven, 35 yards, five catches, no touchdown. Week eight, 43 yards, five catches, one touchdown. Week nine, bye. Week 10, 
three catches, 26 yards. And tonight in Mexico against the Raiders, six catches for 82 yards. So that is a total of 33 catches, 380 yards, and three touchdowns. What is DeAndre Hopkins doing really quickly? All right, so since week four, one for one reception for four yards, five catches for 56, nine, and a touchdown, nine for 71, five for 36, four for 44, five for 48, and five for 58. Now he's getting targeted a whole lot more. Let's, did you actually add up? Let's, let's actually go over the overall totals. So for C.J. Fedorowicz, how many targets since week four? 49. For Hopkins, it's been 68. Okay. Now let's go to receptions. How many receptions since week four? 33. For C.J. Fedorowicz, 33. For Hopkins, 34 receptions. Uh, yardage. No, it's okay. Yardage. For C.J. Fedorowicz since week four? 380 yards. For Hopkins, 317 yards. Now let's be honest. Let's be honest. He got robbed of a TD tonight in Monday Night Football. The judges... The, the line judge absolutely hosed them. And so tonight, while it says he finished with five receptions for 58 yards, he actually finished for five receptions for, at 36 yards onto that, uh, 80 or 94 and a TD is where should he should have been. Should have been, yes. But he ends up with five for 56. So because of that, he's got 317 yards since week four. Fedorowicz has 380 and three touchdowns with Hopkins having one since week one. four. Right one now, touchdown since week four. You always want to get volume. And if you can ever have the number one target on a team. Well, okay. Let's, let's be honest. Or the number one producing receiver. We'll there change it go. to that. Number one producing receiver on a team. You have to go get him. C.J. Fedorowicz only owned 22% of leagues, and look at his competition the rest of the way. San Diego, Green Bay, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, and Tennessee to finish out the season. There is not a defense on there that scares me, except for maybe Tennessee, and unless you're in the championship game and your championship is played in the last week of the season, that doesn't matter. He needs to be owned. He needs to be started over – I would start him over Fleener right now because Fleener's not getting much unless he gets the touchdown. Well, and let's and, and, and be honest in in that New Orleans offense, Breeze yeah. has three other big you know three other main targets to throw to, and if you include high, Tim Hightower or Mark Ingram out of the backfield, Kobe Fleener has now moved to target number five. In addition. Osweiler is looking much better since the bye. He's spreading the ball around. He threw to, let me count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine different receivers tonight uh, in the Monday night football game. That is, is a player who is, who is not just locking in on Hopkins or Fedorowicz. That is a person who is moving the ball around, finding the open receiver, and being much more effective. Uh, in how he's doing it. He still did throw an interception, but he did 240, a touchdown and an interception. That is almost streamable caliber play from Osweiler. Almost. almost. But that is enough of my ranting. You ranted last week. Hopefully, you guys will listen, and you do not have to listen to us rant about that next week. We need to find a way to get this podcast out to more people. People, share this podcast with others so we 
Who will go to pick up C.J. Fedorowicz? Pick up Fedorowicz. Um, With quarterbacks, there's not a lot of options here when it comes to streaming. Once again, this is for those of you, this is especially if you have Andrew Luck, he's not going to play this week. Don't drop him, but you got to find a bench player to drop and pick up and stream a quarterback. Uh, for me, I like who I call Mr. Reliable Streamer uh, in Joe Flacco. He had a very good game considering he played Dallas, who's a very good defense this year. Uh, but let me pull up really fast just to double-check who he's playing this week. Uh, he is playing Cincinnati, once again, an offense that's banged up. He's got a very solid defense. I believe they did not play. This will be the first game against Cincinnati this season. But Flacco does do well against Cincinnati. He's always good for about 270 yards and at least a touchdown. There have been weeks where he hasn't scored. um, But that's few and far between. He is Mr. Reliable Streamer, in my opinion. Yeah, the, honestly, the guy that I would go with, and we we pretty much despise this man up here in Seattle, but uh, you cannot argue with the fact that Colin Kaepernick has been an effective fantasy football producer over the last few weeks. Even against New England, you know, I was talking about this in um, in our DFS portion last week with with Greg Talcott. Going up against New England, I didn't trust necessarily trust New England's defense because I thought if they got up by enough, Colin Kaepernick could do a little bit of damage. Well, he threw for 200, 206 yards, threw for two TDs, had a bunch of rushing yards himself, which is what Colin Kaepernick does. The last three weeks since their bye, he's finished with 27, 26, and 23 points in four point per touchdown uh, league. So he has Miami this week. Now, Miami has been a little bit better against, against the uh, – Against running quarterbacks, um, you know they do pretty well uh, stopping up the pass. But the fact that Colin Kaepernick is a little bit more mobile, I think that he could still have a streamable game. I personally don't, and this is not Kaepernick hate. I believe more in the Miami defense because against the Rams and against a run-first offense, yes, Gurley did score, uh, but. They only got 102 yards. It is in Miami. Miami plays much better at home. Uh, That's why I went with Flacco over Kaepernick. But if Flacco's not available, Kaepernick would be a begrudgingly acceptable second place, in my opinion. Yeah, okay. And that's that's pretty much all I had, too. So Uh, Moving on to the defenses, Uh, we have uh, a few defenses. Obviously, if you have the Bills and you're playing against Cleveland, you play them. Nope. Or sorry, 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 playing sorry. Jacksonville. Bill's playing Jacksonville. Uh, if you are playing Cleveland, who's playing Cleveland again? The New York Giants. Giants that's correct. We both have messed that up early today. <laughs> so it may not be our best show uh, today. But um, once again, uh, going back to the well with Indianapolis, with, with Andrew Luck, about 90% not going to play on Thanksgiving the backup quarterback is going to throw picks for days. Uh, Pittsburgh will stack the box against Frank Gore, and the quarterback will have to throw the ball. He'll more likely throw to the tight ends and the checkdowns, which may make Jack Doyle and Dwayne Allen playable this week. But 
you, I mean, Dante Moncrief has scored touchdowns in consecutive games. He has, uh, with Andrew Luck, obviously of Andrew Luck's, and you have to start Dante Moncrief because they are on a streak for touchdowns. Um, but I would go with Pittsburgh this week against Indianapolis as a streamable defense. And the other one I'd, um, the other one I'd go go with is uh, Tennessee against against Chicago again with all everything that's going on in Chicago. Um, Tennessee has been okay. Let me see. Let me look it up against rush yards per game. Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee is uh, seventh in the league in giving up uh, um, rush yards at ninety two point one per game, and so they have. Uh, you know, pretty much the only weapons in Chicago now are is Jordan Howard, the so, brother bear. The brother bear. Um, so at this point, you know, I'm I'm all over Tennessee's defense against against Chicago too, especially if if Cutler's out and it's Matt Barkley with his with his non-existent wide receivers. I I think uh, Tennessee is a is a solid uh, solid defense to go up against as well. Okay, so that wraps up our show, Ryan. Are we recording? Tomorrow, or are we recording on Wednesday? I think as of right now, it looks like we're probably going to record Wednesday. I've got to find out uh, for sure on um, on Greg's schedule since he's going to be involved okay. in the next one. So. Uh, with the holiday coming up, we wanted to be able to get you the information as fast as possible. With so many games being played on Thursday, we debated whether or not we're going to show and record tomorrow in order to get that that information to you on Wednesday morning. But it looks like... The schedule will continue as, uh, as usual, and we look forward to uh, having you guys listen to us on Thanksgiving morning to get that information out before you guys start your, your, uh, your holiday festivities in fantasy football. Good luck this next week. Once again, this has been the Spoking Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Vox DFS Firelines at VoxDFS.com. With you as always, your host, Justin Skalrud, with me as always, uh, the founder and co-host of your show. Uh, my name is Ryan Skullrude. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. All right. Talk to you later, guys. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive Rate Shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate Shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.